Good evening. Hello, Texans, and welcome to the Texans Players Show. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you for this one as we have Nico Collins coming up in just a minute here. Less than a minute. Seconds, as a matter of fact. And place kicker Kaimi Fairbairn, an extended visit with him, which is really interesting. Let's get to know him a lot better. Had three field goals on Sunday, three for three. And the only points for the Texans that particular day, but they did help the cause. Unfortunately, Houston could not get over the hump. Four catches on Sunday for our first guest, Nico Collins. And we caught up with him in the Hyundai Texans radio studio and asked him about offensive passing game progress. How's it going? Good, man. I feel like everything is going well. Um, the week, the week practice is going great. Um, I feel like, you know, during the game, man, just time gets tasked. You know, we're not really sure, you know, what's going to happen with the defense. You know, we practice against what you think is going to happen, you know. But um, I feel like on Sundays, man, it's really just – Coming down to trusting the execution, play calls, you know, timing. The timing is way different than it is the practice. You yeah. Know, you know, guys coming at the quarterback, man. And so I feel like you got to trust the process. You know, it's a long season, things to work on, but it's a long season. Nico, you've talked about this before, and I think you and I have actually talked about this a little bit. Not playing in 2020 because of how the Big Ten handled the whole COVID situation and all that. When did you feel kind of back to Nico Collins? Like you felt like, okay, I'm back. I shook off the rust of not playing. Yeah. You did go to the Senior Bowl that year. Yes, but when did you feel like, man, I've shaken the rust off and I'm kind of back to feeling like I normally um, feel? I feel like towards the end of middle of last year, um, towards the end, I thought I came back from my AC um, surgery. Not surgery, yeah. but my injury. Right. Um, I feel like after that coast game, towards the end of the season, I really felt like right, I'm getting my group back. Um, you know, getting reps, you know, getting practicing, you know, really understanding, you know, the offense a little bit, uh, really – you know, he was different from college and NFL, and I feel like the game started to slow down for me a little bit. You still got the big notch right here? Oh, yeah, huge, too. Yeah, I can mean, see it through the hoodie a little I, bit. I oh, got yeah, the same man. one right oh, here, yeah, man. Yeah, when you say AC John, I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's the most painful one because you can't sleep. It you is. can't do anything. Yeah, you really can't. It's terrible. I had to sleep on one side the yeah. whole time. And not. I like I love sleeping on my right side, and I hurt my right shoulder. Oh, so are you right-handed? Terrible. Yeah, right-handed. So it was kind of difficult, you know, um, three weeks, but I'm glad I recovered. You know, healing process went fast, you know, so I'm grateful for that. Nico, you talked about things not being the same in the game as it is in practice, of course. Uh, How often do you have to cut off a route or adjust a route based on a coverage you see or you know the blitz is coming and, oh, my gosh, the ball's got to come out fast. I better be ready. A lot um, because, you know, it's it's game time speed. You know, um, say your your depth route is supposed to be 20 yards, but we all know you're not going to get all the 20, you know, so it's really just a timing thing, man. You know, when that time go off in your head, you know, you get that feeling like, all right, it's time for me to come at the break. You know, it's really perfect timing, you know, because, you know, DN's coming, you know, we go against great guys in the NFL, you know. And um, so I feel like just the timing is way different. It is. You come in with Davis last year. Now you guys are together for the second year. How is that synergy and that chemistry between Davis and the two of you? Like, I mean, I don't know if it's you can complete each other's sentences, but yeah. the fact that in this offense, trying to get up to speed, both you guys doing it together. How's that synergy becoming between you two? Um, really well, man. You feel building trust with each other every day. Um, practicing, that's what we practice for, you know, extra time, you know, beginning practice and post-practice, you know, just feel like, you know, routes we feel like we need to connect on, then get the timer down right during practice. You know, we'll stay out there and work on those, you know. So I feel like the, the trust is, you know, is, is building. You know, we still continue. We're both going to keep stacking and continue to get better. How often do you watch the other side of the ball during the game? You're watching Stingley and Steven Nelson and how they work against receivers. Do you get ideas from that? And Do they talk to you during practice about those kinds of things? Because 
Practice right now, it's all scout team stuff, yeah. right? But I would imagine you guys still mix yeah, and yeah, match. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, um, say, you know, Steve and Stanley, they come to you and ask about, you know, what type of route, you know, how, well, you know, what, what do the receivers feel, you know, when they, you know, line up, you know, what mm-hmm. type of coverages, you know, or how does this route affect them, you know? So you stay out to practice, you know, we work on a little footwork, you know, um, press and releases, you know, hand drills like that, you know? So when, the, when it's time to shine, you know, it's, it's perfect. You know, so I'm glad they out there balling, man. They both showed up. You know, they continue to you know work, improve, and working on us as well. Sure. For those people that don't know, you've got to be one of the nicest people we've ever met. <laughs> but on the field, yeah. do you have to go to somewhere different in your mind, Nico? Like, uh-huh. do you have to? You know, the great ones. You know, Jordan. Always, Jordan always tells a story about the Bradford Smith, where the Bradford had scored 37 on him the day before. You know, the literally the day before. Yeah. And he kept that in his mind. He's talked about how the Bradford Smith had said these things to him. And he never did. But Jordan mm-hmm. was just creating that in his mind. He had to go yeah. to a place mm-hmm. out on the court. Do you have to go to, like, a different place mentally to be on the field? Because you are the nicest guy I think yeah. we've ever met in this studio. Do you have to go there on the field? <laughs> um, you know, I do. You have to. You know, I feel like you step between the lines, go time. You know, you got to – it's go mode now. You know, you got to – all the, the time and work and preparation you've been putting in, you know, it's time to, you know – Shine under the lights, man. You know, go out there and trust the process. You know, trust all the work you've been putting in, and it's going to show up. All right, so Johnny talked about Michael Jordan, who yeah, uh, played his last finals before you were born. Oh, so, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. All right, but let's talk about this. <laughs> Your favorite time, athletes growing up, no matter what the sport was, yeah. whether it's football, basketball, baseball, whatever it could be, share with us some of that. Um, I say basketball. I say um, LeBron. Mm-hmm. Okay. I say that's that's. The guy I probably grew up. Have you gotten into any major LeBron versus Michael debates and have to go back and look at Jordan a little bit? Uh, yeah, a lot, man, a lot. You know, I'm not really sure with the Jordan because I not that was my era, right? You know, so I really Understood. can't, Understood. I can't, I can't argue about that one. You know, so I can, I can say LeBron, man, he's, he's a dog. Mm-hmm. You know, ever since I'm watching him, you know, since I was playing AAU and playing basketball, you know, that's one guy I wanted to be like. And um, I'll say it was up to me. I say LeBron. Maybe better than Jordan. Okay. I can All say right. that. We'll, we'll still be friends. Really. We'll still be friends for now. <laughs> you know, it, it's okay. funny with basketball and football really. because in this game, you have to be so one. patient to get your opportunities, right? In basketball, you're, just, you're getting the ball every time down yeah. the floor, every other time. Down. You know you're going to have Transition. it in your hands even if you don't shoot. You're going to uh-huh. be able to impact things. Sometimes as a receiver, well, you're trying to get people to come with you instead yeah. of with Brandon or you know you might not get the ball. You have four catches. That's a pretty good day. You know, yeah. I know you want yeah. more, but yeah. it, you have to have a lot of patience. Yeah, you do. You do, man. You know, because like I said, like in practice, you know, it's different in the game. You know, you think, you know, in practice you're going to get a scout team, but Thinking practice, you're getting what, a lot of catching. It's like, all right, yeah, in a game, hopefully I get the same. But time is, is different, man. You know, it's things you got to adapt to, you know, for sure. But I'm glad, you know, to be in a great position. You know, I'm mm-hmm. glad to get four targets. You know, great to have an opportunity. Sure. I'm sure you being a LeBron fan, you know, he was a tremendous receiver, too. Oh, yeah. In high school, he's a tremendous receiver. Yeah, so, I, right, he was, he was incredible. He stopped playing football his senior year because, well, he knew he yeah. was the chosen one. Yeah, he was yeah, going to yeah. go play. But a lot of kids, Nico, now are like, I'm specializing in one sport. Mm-hmm. You played a couple of sports. Mm-hmm. How did playing basketball make you a better football player and vice versa? Cool. Yeah, man, I say just like rebounding, for instance. You know, in basketball, when the, bound, the ball bounced off the rim, you go get it at the highest point. Right. You know, this is like catching a fade almost. You know, when the ball in the air, you go tag it at the highest point. Um, I say... 
but just footwork. Yeah. You know, just um, body positioning, quick, body position to boxing out, man. Yeah. Just quick change of directions. You know, because receiver do the same, come in and out of breaks, and um, I feel like just things like that really translate from the court to the football field. How's the camaraderie between you guys and the receivers room? You know, we have Brandon, you have Chris Conley, you have you know all the all the guys in there, Dorsett, everybody together. How do you guys get along? A lot, man. We got this one game called Spicy Uno. Uh, okay. We love to play, man. And, um, I'm I'm still I'm still adapting to it. You know, I'm, still, I'm not sure really how it goes. It's not your normal Uno, but um, <laughs> spicy Uno, <laughs> spicy Uno, okay. spice. <laughs> okay, wait, wait. You gotta go a little deeper. I, the Harris yeah, family is I, big playing Uno, spicy Uno. Yeah, yes, exactly. I'm a, I'm a huge Uno player, but it's yeah. spicy Uno. It's something about it. it's about the rules. You know, it takes one of them to explain. I can't really explain. It. It's Uno with a little extra, job. Yeah, it's, it's real extra. <laughs> speaking of speaking of a little is. extra, it's right, like fun. So we asked Lovey yeah. this because going to Chicago, and I know you guys have your routine, yeah. but we're gonna go out and eat. So. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that, Nico. But deep dish pizza, Chicago's famous for that. So would you rather have deep dish or the thin crust? What is your pizza preference? Thin crust. Thin crust. Yeah, me too. Thank you. I go thin crust. I feel like deep dish is maybe like too much sauce. Too much. Too doughy. Too, yeah, that too. Sorry, Chicago people. Yeah. But Sorry you're about that. You're Southern, though. Yeah, so, yeah, you're right. I mean, that, that's you're right. okay. I mean, you're I'll right. go I with the deep barbecue. dish. Yeah, ask me. Yeah, you prefer barbecue. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. doubt. We talked about this before, Nico. Growing up in Alabama uh-huh. and then going to the University of Michigan, coming back down, being in Houston. Do you feel like you're kind of back in the South, kind of back home being in Houston? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the I say the, the weather. Yeah. You get to feel like oh, yeah. back in the South, man. You know, like the humidity. Um, you know, the weather, you know, great, great food, you know, it was great food in Michigan too, but yeah. I feel like the South is, is different you yeah, know, for sure. But it's great to be back, you know, in the South for sure. I got one on social media. Are, are you, you're on Instagram, right? Yeah. And Twitter. Yeah. Which do you like better? I like Twitter. Yeah. I like Twitter. To use or to, you know, sort of peruse and read the tweets. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I do. I just read. You just read. Yeah. Maybe like. You're not tweeting some. much. No, not much. All right. But we're gonna re we're gonna I hope you retweet us because we'll tweet out that you're on the show. You. Okay, that's cool. All right, no Nico, best of luck against the Bears. Thank Thanks a so lot for joining Appreciate us. Thanks for having me. All right. Appreciate it. All right, there's Nico Collins coming up. Kaimi Fairbairn. Get to know him. Will I say his full name? You'll just have to tune in to find out. Stick around, it's Texans Radio. Texans player show, as promised, our guest is Kaimi Fairbairn, and it's really Kaimi. I'm very much a stickler for pronunciations, especially for this guy, because his full first name is Kaimi Nui A'alua Meki'iki Oki Kubupa'a Fairbairn. Actually, he has John Christian as a middle name, so I'm not going to get into that right now with him. I've done that before. But let's hear from him, and let's start out with kicking in the Denver air. He was 3-for-3, three three, so what is it like? Everyone talks about being out of breath and such. What about ball flight, that sort of stuff? Definitely specialists look forward to going to Denver, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially early, early on in the year, you get that clear weather, not a cloud in the sky, and the air is so thin. It just it doesn't make you kick better, but when you hit that good ball, it just carries an extra five, ten yards pretty easily. You aren't really worried about distance there. So there was one point, and I'm trying to remember where exactly we were on this on the field, and I remember doing the math. It was going to be fourth down, and it was going to be I thought sixty, mm-hmm. and I just saw you run on the field. At some point, when you're in Denver and it's and well, as the, and, and Kaimi, mean, this goes with any other place. Do you tell Frank ahead of time? Look, I think I'm good from such and such a distance. Do you give him a number of where you think you can make it that day? 
Um, I think he kind of calculates that. My mindset is if the team needs me to go out there and hit a kick from anywhere, yeah, I'm gonna go and and give it a rip. You yeah. know, whether it's a 20 yarder or a 70 yarder. Um, so, you know, like I let him make that call, and you know, Lovey, they they do what's best for the team, obviously. And um, my mindset is when it's fourth down. I'm trying to take the same approach onto the field, and if they call me off, that's that's what it is. What's the key in kicking a real long one? So you have a 61-yarder, mm-hmm. all right? So does McManus, by the way, and yeah. his uh, his resume. In the Monday nighter, the opener, they had him try from 64. He sure. had plenty of distance. It was just a little tiny bit off. What's the key to kicking a field goal that long? you got to make sure you get the right launch, of right. course. Yep. I think um, every kicker's got their range, you know, and – you start to get back far enough where you might have to hit it a little harder. You know, like for me, once it gets around 59, 60, there's things you got to change a little bit to get that ball, that extra ball flight. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, 64 is well within McManus's range Um, in Denver, especially. uh, I wish I would have gotten back farther in pregame (laughs) warmup to test it out. I didn't do that enough. It would have been fun to try. Um, But honestly, I just try to keep, the same approach and take your time um, with the snap and hold. See the ball down, and it's just like any other kick. Honestly, you're just a little farther, and it's, it's like golf. You know, don't try swing harder at it. Just hit that good clean ball. Well, did you do that? I think it was the that was the one going towards the scoreboard because I was back there, and after we went to a break, we were all talking about it, and Andre said. Johnny, when he made that from 60, I said he blasted that one. Did you know that you hit that one in particular because that thing was flying? It was still seemingly going up as they went through the uprights, and that was for 44. Yeah, that one felt really good. Um, Yeah, that one just kind of came off nice, and once it left my foot, you know, I just went out to dab up Cam because it was one of those, yeah, just off the foot. It felt good. That that was going to be deep. That went When it goes up the net that high, I'm thinking – I mean, I looked to see whether you made it or not. Right. <laughs> and then Dre was like, was he? And I thought, yeah, man, holy smokes. He smoked that thing. That had to feel pretty good. Yeah. I talked to Cam earlier about it, and I said, so do you like kicking it? And he kind of danced around it a little bit, and at the very end, he's like, yeah. He loved it. He yeah. loved it. That was his first time <laughs> playing there. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he was asking me questions like, is it really different? And I'm like, dude, I got to put you on a pitch count for pregame because <laughs> once you start hitting it, he's like – a machine. He just it's wants a pleasure, to keep going. Huh? Yeah. So I was like, "Hey, listen, you gotta relax a little bit pregame." And um, but punters are different because they have to hit distances. Sure. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you don't want to touch back. Right. So um, it was a little tricky for him to figure out that. And you know, we we're talking about that pregame. So it was interesting to to see him go through that. Do you ever punt in training camp or practice? I mean, in case there's an injury, I would imagine you're the punter, right? At least on short notice within yeah. the guts of the game. So what is that like for you when you experiment that way? Um, I never like to think about it, uh, yeah. but I can do it. Uh, I didn't. I haven't done a rep in game since high school, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I we we mess around practice. You know, when it's Cam's turn to punt, I usually help him. You know, collect the balls and I'll hit some punts back. Um, but Denver would have been nice to. <laughs> no doubt. Do you will you just do kind of a like a soccer free kick like a like a keeper would? Um, because I had a, I had to tell you the story. I had a kid that did that for me. He was my running back. Yeah, and he wasn't. A, he was a soccer player, and so my regular punter gets hurt. Who's also a soccer player, and he says, "Coach, you want to punt? Yeah, 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 go go punt, go punt." And he hit one like eighty yards in the air. I was like, "What did he just do?" And he just 
did yeah. like you would as a keeper. He just right. nailed it like you that. Connect on one. No, I try to give pretty good form. I I find it easier to do those end over end punts. Oh yeah, because um, mm. you can just connect on a little better. So that's if I went into a game, I think I would rely on that mostly and a really good lucky bounce. Yeah, he kicks spirals and stuff yeah. and a different side of the ball gives oh, yeah. a different spin. And, oh, my gosh, there's a lot that goes into it. Kaimi Fairbairn with us on Texans Radio. Well, what is tougher for a kicker? Is it the weather conditions or the field conditions? Because you need to plant well, right? Yes. And Chicago, they had that rice paddy game a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Hopefully the field is in better shape. But that's got to make it tough, that kind of thing. That's an interesting question. Um, it, I, that's tough. I think the Chicago game probably takes the cake the, the couple weeks ago or last week, and hopefully the field is healed since then and yeah. we put, a, put a new layer of turf down. Um, I think rain is okay. It makes mm-hmm. the ball a little, little heavier. The wind matters a lot. Yeah. And if you don't trust your plant foot, I think that's got to be the first thing that okay. that matters. Um, yeah, just watching that game last week, I was like, holy smokes. Yep. Well, thinking back to Denver, the last time we had been there was 2018, and you hit the the go-ahead field goal. And I'm, I don't know if you remember your field goals. I, we were talking about it, and there was that point in the game where the wind in the stadium had kicked up for some reason. Things are swirling. It's all over the place. And your field goal actually went towards the right upright and then finished at the left upright and you somehow how got it in do you remember kicking in that particular win that day absolutely i remember that because we we're going to the scoreboard and that yep. end is more open yes um and mcmanus uh he planned that for the you know going fourth quarter but it wasn't windy that that whole game right it was just that period of time in the third yes. quarter yeah and I remember I just, okay, I'm not missing this left because the wind was right to left. Yeah. And I just aimed far enough right and then trusted it to come back and, yeah, knocked it through. That was crazy because then he ends up going the other direction. Right. And I'm not making one for us to get that win. But that was the last time we were in Denver, and that's what made me think about it mm-hmm. because it was not a windy day. It was not windy yesterday for the most part. I mean, you could simply look at the flags. It wasn't that bad. But when you were kicking that early in the fourth quarter, I mean, that wind was 40, 45 miles an hour. And the ball – I mean, it almost did a 90-degree yeah. angle as you got it towards yeah. the uprights. I don't. I mean, it's probably some golf. I mean, you play golf. I mean, did you kind of plan part of that, kind of taking your golf into it? Yeah, definitely. You pick a line, trust the line, and and keep your head down and knock it through. How hard is it? Well, I want to get to golf questions later because <laughs> we could do a whole <laughs> golf <laughs> show here. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that right now. No, I swear it. Uh, how hard is it to kick off, though, when you want to – just get it inside the five. You don't want to kick it too short because right. then you're giving them a big advantage, and obviously you don't want to put them in the end zone and, and right. force the touchback or tempt the touchback if you're really inviting the return. So what about that part of the game? That was actually a little tough for me this past game. I We were going for touchbacks because obviously our, our coverage team has been great all year, and we just wanted to test that um, you know, and maybe cause a turnover or something, some mm-hmm. big play. We, we had one that I was able to get to the goal line, and we got him inside the 20. Um, and I was honestly trying to get just hang time and keep it short. Um, but if I don't know if you noticed that McManus does a three-step yep. kickoff. I was going to ask you that. Um, yeah. Which I, I I don't really do. Um, and, you know, I asked Frank, should I, should I switch it up game time and try and get more um, hang time in, with the three-step? I didn't, and I just kept my same approach. And it's like, it's like hitting a driver. 
and you're trying to ki- keep some off yeah. the driver, it's like, you know, you got to switch to a different... Choke up on yeah, it. Yeah, you got to <laughs> switch to a, a shorter club. Um, but yeah, that's the best way to explain it. Well, I, I noticed the fact that I was going to ask you about that. McMahon is literally... I mean, I didn't count the steps, but I'm like, but he takes almost like one step and just punches right. it. Yeah. And he still put it two yards right. into the end zone. You brought up a really good point, Kaimi, and that is... In a game, if you haven't practiced something, probably not best to do it that way. You might have to if you've done it throughout the years, but if you haven't practiced it, then maybe not. But is that something that is that the proverbial club in your bag that you could maybe try that three-step short approach if you want to hit those mortar kicks? Yeah, we talked about it, um, but just for that game and you know the the flow of the game, it was just like you know keep hitting my ball. Yeah, and if they want to return one from four or five deep, you know, so be it. All right, so UCLA in the Big Ten. Thoughts? Because this seems really strange to me. I'm not going to be used to it for a long, long time. Yeah, it's a little weird for me, too. I I don't know. I mean, we're 3-0 and right now, the Bruins. Um, the Rose Bowl has has been down on attendance. Yes, and I noticed. Yeah, it's, it's kind of heartbreaking. So we're trying to figure something out. Me and my buddies are talking about, like, should we get something on campus? But, you know, residents in Bel Air would be, you know, there's no parking. <laughs> like, you just can't do Nothing. that. Do you play at SoFi or what is, I mean, the Rose Bowl is historic. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and then they got to travel that far east now. So mm-hmm. it, there's a lot of lot of factors going into it. But, you know, getting what, wins over there is the main thing. What was the furthest east that you guys played when you were in college? Uh, that's a good question. I think we, we played in Nebraska one year. Okay. Which is by far and away the best fans really? in all of college football. Yeah. Oh, they just pack the place no matter what the situation yeah. is. Yeah, and so nice. Well, I think when UCLA's in the Big Ten, you're going to get a lot of people visiting. I mean, they'll get some oh, people yeah. at the gate, but they'll be opposing fans. A lot of them will show up, but your fans are going to show up too to see Michigan and Ohio yeah. State and those big-time programs coming yep. in to the Rose Bowl. I mean, what a treat that is. Absolutely. But then you have to go to Michigan and to Rutgers and kick yeah. in those kind of situations, yeah. which I'll be – and okay, true or false, when you went to Nebraska, I've heard over the years that they actually cheer for the opposing team when they're leaving the field. Is that true or false? True. Really? They were, they were applauding us and saying, great game, thanks for coming, all that kind of stuff. It was. It what was, was the result of the game? We won. UCLA won. And they were congratulating <laughs> yeah. you. On the way out. It was, I'll never forget it. Wow, that's too polite. Yeah, <laughs> no wonder why they're having problems. Well, they used to win win big. We all yeah, know that. Yeah. You won the Lou Groza Award. That's the Heisman Trophy for place kickers. So, what was that like? Is there a ceremony? What can you share with us about the experience of winning that? Yeah, it was it was awesome. We were with two other kickers. It was three of us, and you know we went through the same kind of things that all the other guys, the Heisman guys, and um, Player of the Years. Um, Desmond King was there, I remember, um, for the for that year when when I got to be honored with that award. So, uh, yeah, it was an awesome experience. It was in Atlanta. Um, yeah, it was awesome. I can't. Uh, my parents got to be there. It was, it was on my mom's birthday, so it was, it was pretty special. Man, you just became the favorite son. The favorite son at that point, <laughs> handing over the Lou Gross Award mm-hmm. here, Mom. Yeah. Here you Happy go. Birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. Well, was that the was that the Home Depot show that they award show, or was that a separate a separate function where you got that? Um, yeah, I think it was that same you know that same uh, same venue and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. where mm-hmm. they did where they did all the awards for all the different positions yep, and all that. Exactly. Very cool. UCLA USC talking about great rivalries. 
and maybe you're biased because you've been in that one. Is there vitriol in it? I mean, everybody thinks, ah, they're LA, they don't fight, they don't. But it feels amongst those two fan bases like it's a pretty staunch rivalry. What can you tell us about UCLA USC as far as rivalries go? For us, from what I remember, it was always the biggest game. And when when I was there and lucky enough to have the great team that we did, Jim Mora years, we we went three and one against them mm -hmm. and we filled the Rose Bowl. We had like, you know, eighty, ninety thousand and that place was rocking. Yeah. Um and same vice versa at, at the Coliseum. It it was uh, you know the battle for the for the bell and you know it was it was meaningful to me, um, and I always I always ride with that you know we got last year's one UCLA BSC so I don't know, I think it's still a good rivalry um, compared to the others I don't know I haven't been in those but it was special to me. Are there John Wooden quotes all over the athletic facilities at UCLA like in the hallways you're just walking around like his John big Wooden. pyramids there. Yep. Yeah, I yeah. know that's out there, but yeah. I was thinking like, you know, you're, you're like walking to the men's room and then there it is, a John Wooden quote. He's got a pretty sweet statue outside of um, uh, the basketball stadium. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's we, we got this Bruin walk, you know, going from the from the living area down through the sports section and into the into the student, you know, the, where the classes are. And you always walk by him every single day, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, he's got a even through other sports, he's always involved, you know. What other schools did you consider? Because I say this, having been on the UCLA campus, I don't know that I would have wanted to leave. I didn't really want to leave as I went through campus. Where else were you looking at that point, and how hard was the decision to go to UCLA? Um, basically, it came down to Pac-12 schools. Mm -hmm. um, the other big one was Cal Berkeley. Yeah, um, too and weird. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I visited UCLA and Cal. And once I visited UCLA, it was just a no-brainer. It was really easy for me. Um, and, you know, just coming from Hawaii, the the style and the, the – the, it felt like home. You know, you got some nice weather, some trees, you know, the, the tropical trees and all that, the beach, the ocean. Yeah. So, yeah, it was really nice. Kaimi Fairbairn with us on Texans Radio. All right, so we talk about John Weeks a lot because he's the longest-tenured Texan now since 2010. Legend. Yes. But – you're no slouch yourself in this department because you joined the organization in 2016. And old. Yeah, see? You've been around here. You and Weeksy. <laughs> second. Wait, is that right? Are you the second as far as length of career here? Is he the second? Is it Weeksy than you? Yeah, it's got to be, it? right? Yeah, it's me. Yeah, holy smokes. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy no, to think no about. No question huh? about that. But what do we not, we meaning from the outside looking in, not appreciate enough about John Weeks? Been here forever. He's got the job that does not get notoriety at all. I try to say his name on the air a lot. When you're setting up for a kick, I say his name. I say Cam's name because yep. it's all part of the, the operation, as yes. we call it. But what about him? Um, both of those guys, Cam and Weeks, but Weeks has been doing it for so long. It's it's such a like a thankless job, you know, and you, you just have one thing to do. And, um, you know, that's just kind of our world. And... I think his approach to every day, you know, snapping and going to work is is second to none. I mean, that's someone that I've looked up to and got to learn from him and Shane Leckler and all those guys. It it is really trickled down to me and you know, I, I appreciate it every day. The number of punters you've worked with and just where they are on the life spectrum where you've got Shane who hunting, fishing, 
East Texas, you know, homeboy. Then you got Cam from yeah. Australia. Yeah. You've kind of run the gamut with them. A, for Frank Ross, has he ever cut your hair? And B, what's he like in the meeting room and how much have he and Bake meant to the special teams? Oh, they're big time. Um, he has not cut my hair. Um, Would you let him? I would let him, but I just got my routine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and yeah, maybe maybe one day he he always he always you know tells me, hey, coaches cuts, man, coaches cuts. So yeah, maybe one day. Um, is he yeah. doing it every week during the season, or is yeah, it? I think he's got his days and he got his guys. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he's so busy. You know, sometimes right. it'd be like, hey, can you cut my hair? It'd be kind of like, oh, okay. He's a ball of energy, though. Yeah, he's motivating. Yeah, exactly. That's, I get pumped up when I talk to him in the in the cafe trying to get a cup of coffee, and I'm like, <laughs> I leave there better than when I went in. Exactly. Yeah. I try to feed off of that. You can always count on them to bring that energy, him and Bake, um, and that's what I think is what's special about our unit is that energy that we bring to the team. Um, and he's he's always harping on details, and he, you know, being a kicker, I try to stay calm. So we we I feel mm-hmm. like we try to balance each other out a little bit, but he definitely brings that that good vibes and you know is always learning. Same thing with me; we're always learning off each other. So it's it's been a great experience. You got to stay calm, right? Yeah, you're, you're not in the middle of the huddle pregame, like come on. Yeah, no, that's not my role. <laughs> that is not my role. Yeah, there have been very that few. Would, like <laughs> Sebastian Janikowski was a little like that. Hey, no, that's you. Do you? Mike Vanderjack was a little bit like that. A little bit like that. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. See how that went. Yeah, I know. Not very well. All right, so Kaimi, you played soccer in high school. You won two state championships. Yep, two. Yep. That's pretty cool. All right, so what applies? I mean, to your job, I can see it. You're kicking a ball. Got it. In fact, I got another question about that. But as far as the two sports go, I mean these are immensely popular sports worldwide. Do you follow the game of football, of soccer, much on a worldwide level? I do. I've gotten into it a lot more now, especially since my team, uh, Arsenal, is doing a lot better. <sighs> You're mm. killing me. So, yeah. Now, Johnny's Go a Gunners. Man City guy. Man City guy. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Man City's top of the league. They've yeah. been for the past. Erling Holland, Come on. Stop yeah. him. Well, But yeah. Arsenal's having... A- did hey, you watch the All or Nothing on Amazon Prime? Absolutely. It was awesome. It, it was, was really, really good. I, it was really, really good. Yes. I mean, it gave it a, a good look behind the curtain at different teams. I mean, they've done it for Man City. They've done it for Tottenham. And then they did it for Arsenal. And they really stressed the fact that that's a young team. Really? And did, yeah. did, okay, did they just trot out a 15-year-old the other day? Yeah. They set the record. Like, that's been held for, like, 70 years or something like that. The youngest player. 15 years old. 15 years old, playing in Premier League. That's, You're kidding. That's insanity. Crazy. That's insanity. But, okay, you're an Arsenal guy. I can live with that until we meet. It's good to know. Good to know what <laughs> side you're on at that particular point. Sir. Are you watching these matches? Like, yeah. If, yeah, if I, you happen to be home? Yeah, I record them, um, watch them in the mornings, and then, you know, if we have time, I, I'll, I'll watch it later if I need to. But, yeah, I try to keep up. What week. position did you play in high school? I played center back. Yeah, I played defense. Mm-hmm. I wish I played forward, but wasn't fast enough. I Did guess. you play soccer with a football mentality? Uh, maybe a know little. Those, you know those guys. Yes. The football players that yes. play soccer, you always know those guys. Like, okay, man, just be careful of that guy. Well, that, I mean, soccer was my first love. Uh, I grew up since I was three, four years old playing that. And then I didn't pick up football until maybe eighth, seventh, eighth grade. And I had a really good coach in high school that taught me, like, the technique of kicking. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I grew up playing soccer. Did you – 
at that point, as you were going through high school, did you play through high school? Did you think you would go play soccer in college, or did you know at that point, no, I, I'm pretty sure I want to go kick in college? Yeah, it, pretty early on, probably around sophomore junior year, I realized my future was in kicking footballs. Yeah, um, so that that wasn't a hard, you know, choice for me. Um, went to some camps and all that, but yeah, I always enjoyed playing soccer. Um, but yeah, I, I like to say I'm just a reject soccer. <laughs> you know, all, all kickers are. Out here at the Houston Methodist Training Center, from time to time, we've had soccer players, whether it be from the Dynamo, Dash, or international teams, kicking field goals. But it's on air, right? There's no defense. You're just teeing the ball up. And they're able to do it pretty well. I don't want to say it's easy for them, but it doesn't look extremely difficult when there's no pressure and yeah. you know no 70,000 people cheering against you. There, yeah, I think there's that. Um, I think no. I think if they connect on a ball, they could they could make it over the line. I think it's the fact that you get one attempt per whatever you know every thirty minutes, fifteen mm -hmm. minutes, whatever you want to say, and you have to go one for one. You know that's that's the name of the game in soccer. You can play ninety minutes, kind of you know similar to playing playing football. You have the whole game to make up for you know a mistake here, a mistake there, miss tackle, whatever catching you can score a touchdown or something but to just go one for one that's i think one of the toughest things yeah yeah it's kind of like being a sideline reporter johnny you only get like one shot right. every once in a while right and if my subject verb agreement isn't right yeah. then i may not get another uh, shot see. i mean i gotta Tough. be, and you gotta be careful about it yeah if i scream wide right and my mic's yeah. left open it's all kinds of stuff can happen there used to be uh well saturday night live you know saturday night live there used to be a skit I can't remember what the name it was. It was just how much you bench. So I ask you <laughs> how, not how much you bench, but how far have you gone? What's the what's the furthest you have kicked one practice game anything? What's the furthest you made when you've lined up? Whether it's practice, just warming up, whatever. How far have you gone? Uh, I've done seventy before. Um, I don't go back there often though. I. I sometimes some days I'm just like feeling it and yeah. I'm like okay let's try it um but mostly my days consist of just like you know my goals are be perfect inside yeah, yeah. 50 you know yeah. but yeah it is always fun guys love it when you go back there that's why I said I sh I, I think I tried to attempt uh, 63 yeah in Denver yeah um just pregame and I was like oh man I should I should have done way more you know just <laughs> just for the fun of it yeah yeah I should have. But okay, 70 but before. You've gone 70 I've before. I've done 70, okay. yeah. When yep. you play golf, though, do you have that same care for the short game as you do when you're practicing your place kicking? Because, yeah, it is all about the short game and the accuracy and everything. In golf, sometimes guys just want to grip it and rip it, mm -hmm. and they're a little careless with the mm -hmm. placement. So what do you like as a golfer? Yeah, I don't chase distance anymore. Um, the game is won within 100 yards. Nice. There it is. So that's pretty much consists of most of my my practice and mm -hmm. when i can practice um putting's the next level i gotta i gotta get up there and putting and my putting's pretty bad so that's the thing i'm working on so what's your handicap Ooh, um that's like, a question I'm like a, is that wait wait is that kind of like asking yeah like asking it's a it's a little aggressive like <laughs> like asking no, I'm not. A, a significant other like how old are you is that, <laughs> yeah, is that yeah, like yeah, yeah. how much yeah. do you weigh yeah, yeah no. i mean i don't know <laughs> no 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 yeah it's I mean, cool i'm what I'm, do you bench <laughs> what do you bench <laughs> i'm like a six right now yeah yeah oh dang yeah yeah and you gotta work on your putting 
Yeah, I got to work on my putting. There's Kaimi Fairbairn. We have one more segment with him, and we'll do a little more golf because I like it. I don't know. I like it. I like the lifestyle stuff, and golf is a big part of the lifestyle here in Houston, right? More coming up, Texans Player Show, Texans Radio. Continuing our conversation with Texans place kicker, Kaimi Fairbairn. All right, just a little bit more golf. Allow me to indulge. Johnny? So what's your favorite course to play? Some, I would imagine somewhere back home. Oh, yeah. Give us a few Ooh, courses yeah. in Houston, though, because it's okay. Yeah, what's your favorite? Yeah. Well, what's your favorite course back home? What's your favorite course in Houston? Or favorite a few? course in Houston? No, he's got to give a few. Otherwise, yeah, a few. Yeah, 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 otherwise a few. he's not going to get on certain no, places. Those, <laughs> uh, the first place that pops in my mind is Blue Jack. Um, yeah, I mean that's a place is just unbelievable. It's gorgeous. Yeah, um, I haven't played Loch Navar yet. I really mm. want to do that. And then I mean River Oaks is awesome. Right down the street. So yeah, that's where the Texans uh, Charity Classic right. is. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are really fun. Back home. Honestly, I just, yeah, <laughs> I just like being there. You know, there, you got the where I'm from in Kailua. There's a place called Mid Pack Country Club. Um, my parents just joined, and you know they go out there, and you got the mountains on one side oh, wow. and the beach on one side. I mean, you can look any way, yeah, and it's just like the most gorgeous view. You played Kapalua, right? Yes. So one time I was supposed to play Kapalua. Oh, no, I was supposed to play Kanapali, which is nearby. Uh-huh. But I got the names confused because they both begin with a K. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. Man. I didn't know. Come I showed on. Up. That's the most Mark answer yeah. ever. <laughs> I showed up fantastic. at Kapalua like, hey, where's my teeth? <laughs> oh, <laughs> and they're like, uh, you might have the other place, which is not bad. But, you know, Hawaii, you can't go wrong with any golf really course. Can't. All the views are spectacular. So you can't go wrong. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Who's the... Other best golfer on a team. Ooh, wow, that's a good question. There was, yeah. there was video put up of Davis and his swing. It looked pretty solid. I mean, you can look at a guy and go, okay, that swing is just janky. You forget <laughs> it. That guy's just, he's hacking. Quarterback you know, should be quarterback good. Quarterback should be pretty right. good. Yeah, I mean, Davis has got a great swing. I think his mind is not on golf yet, yeah, of which course. is the great call right now. Um, mm-hmm. I think he could be really good. Kyle Allen's got a great swing. Ooh, yeah. Um, he competes for sure. Uh, Rex Burkhead's got a mm. got a good swing. Obviously, John Weeks. I played hundreds of times with him. <laughs> really, we got a nice little rivalry. Yeah, we going. talked about doing a mic'd up with you two, walking the course and oh. a little banter. <laughs> we got to do that. Ooh, that'll be dangerous. There'll be some editing. <laughs> yeah, don't you worry. Are you down with the live golf thing, or is this uh, too much of a disruption to the pro golf world? Uh, I go back and forth every day. I mean. I got to respect someone or, or like their choices mm-hmm. and, you know, like everybody's got a different situation. And if they, you know, play golf and they want to take the money, like how can I be like if someone offered me a hundred million dollars, like how are you going to say no to play golf? So, but you know, there, there's things are definitely being shaken up and I hope it comes out on the positive end. You know, there's a lot of competition. I think, the majors now will be even more, the stakes will be even higher because live golf guys will have a little chip on their shoulder, you know, yeah. coming out and be like, okay, you know, I play on this other tour or other other league and, you know, they want to prove it. Right. So uh, I think it could be pretty fun. So you're a professional athlete. You play a lot of golf. Would it be weird to be a pro golfer in your opinion, just that lifestyle? Because you're in a locker room and you guys are all on the same side. Yeah. They're in a locker room and it's every man for himself. Yet, I know a lot of the guys do get along, but there have to be some rivalries and flare-ups or whatever. Right. It, it's definitely different. Um, it's I, I compare it to kicking a lot, you know, and you're not going against kicking, you know, you're just going against 
the game, you know, like right. against the kick. Golf, you're just going against the course. Mm-hmm. And I think they obviously compete against each other, but most of the time you're playing against the course and trying to do your best. So, I see. Um, that's the way I would approach it, at least. You do have people approaching you, though, trying to, you know, disrupt yeah, you. They, they're not there. You know? <laughs> they don't have Zone that. them out. Zone okay, them out. <laughs> Clear the mechanism. Yeah. So when you were when you were truly getting into kicking, Kaimi, was there somebody that you looked at um, and thought, that's a guy, and maybe not completely emulate that person, but you thought very highly of that particular person, maybe watch some of the way they did things, their technique, et cetera. Was there somebody growing up that you looked at like that? Yeah. Um, two names popped in my head. Um, first one would be Robbie Gold. Yeah. Um, just a pure, pure swing. Did in Chicago for a lot of years. Made the big time kicks. And, you know, Lovey had him in Chicago for many years. So I always, I always watch his swing a lot and try to dissect it a little bit, watch his routine. And another... Houston guys might not like this, but I watched Dan Bailey a lot when he was mm-hmm. in his years in Dallas. And, I mean, he was one of the best yep. um, for for many years. So those are the two names that pop in my so head. So when you – when there's a game, obviously you see you guys on the field and you guys are, are you know, sharing bombs left and right. You're going to – do you talk with other kickers about techniques and things like that or just wish each other a good game, move on? Yeah, I don't really ask about technique. I try to just watch and yeah. see, you know, things that, you know, in their routine. Because um, I think for my technique right now, like, it's just kind of repeat repeat right. that. and For master, you. Yeah, master yeah. my own technique. But their routine as far as their mental approach to each kick, um, maybe I'll ask about that. Or I kind of just watch and see what they do, whether it's different from mine, and pick up on things like that. Kaimi, thanks so much for joining us, and best of luck this week. Thank you, yeah. Thanks for having me. All right, that's it with Kaimi Fairbairn and the Texans Player Show. Thank you, Nico Collins, for starting us off tonight. Texans All Access on the way, and Texans Matchup later tonight with Johnny Harris. New show that you have to check out. Have a great night, everyone. Go Texans!